What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate women who build, fix, and make things with her own two hands. I am your host, Bogey, and I am excited for tonight's episode. We have a guest who um, I actually learned about and met through this podcast series. She's been an avid watcher of the series, and um, and we decided to invite her on as a guest. So I'm really excited to meet her and introduce her to you guys in just a little bit. But first, a quick thank you uh, to our sponsors who helped make this series possible. So tonight's episode is brought to you in part by Drive Time and ASE. So Drive Time, if you are not familiar with them, um, they are on the surface, a used car retailer and seller. However, they go so much deeper than that. They do a ton of training. They bring people into the trades and they help teach them and find their niche, whether it's mechanical or body or paint or metalwork. Um, they have all sorts of training opportunities for young people coming into the trades. They have an incredible culture within their organization. So whether you're looking for a used car or a new career or just a new employer, definitely go check them out. There will be a link in my bio. And then of course, ASE, you've heard me talk about them before. ASE, you probably know best through their certification program and their Blue Seal Shop program, but they also do a ton of work behind the scenes to help the automotive industry as a whole, um, whether it's through training technicians to training the people who train the technicians, the shop instructors, uh, to helping establish standards and um, just all of the ethics and the codes kind of across the industry. They have a ton of new tests coming out regularly, staying on top of all the new EVs and safety concerns there. Um, I've mean, been doing a ton of work with them over the last couple of months and will continue to do so. So stay tuned to hear more about that, but definitely go check them out in the link in the bio as well, especially their Education Foundation. They do a ton of cool stuff with the Education Foundation. So um, with that, um, I want to thank all of you guys as well. Well, for coming and hanging out with us every week. Um, some of you have been coming for years now to watch this series back when it lived on Instagram as the Trades Lady Happy Hour series and have joined us now over on YouTube. So thank all of you who have been such loyal supporters throughout the years. For those of you who are new, welcome. So glad to have you here. This show is all about celebrating women. We generally make up about 2% across the trades. So not very many of us, but yet there are tons of us and our stories very often uh, don't get heard. And so this show is all about shining a light on their successes, their challenges, their struggles, uh, their wins and accomplishments. And, you know, both highlighting the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between, all of the wonderfulness of women in the trades, and as well as talking about the nitty gritty dirtiness about it so that hopefully we can make changes and improve in the future and we could all make better allies to one another. So with that, I'm going to quit my blab and I'm going to bring on tonight's guest. Um, her name is, I'm going to, I'm going to mangle her last name. She told me how to pronounce it and I'm probably going to get it wrong again. Anyway, it is Serena Gun. Grundhauser? Dang it. I'm totally screwing it up. I'm going to shush. I'm going to bring her on and I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, Serena. How are you? Hi, Bogey. It's Grundhauser. Grundhauser. I left the <laughs> R out all of a sudden in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> gun? <laughs> 
Welcome. It's a long one. It is a long right. one. But I can't judge. My last name is Latiner, and it's one of those, like, you know, if you can see it. Yeah, I'd mess that up, it, too. If you see it, you can't spell it. If you, like, if you, or if you hear it, you can't spell it. And if you see it, you can't say it. It's just one of those names. So I'm, I'm sure you get mispronunciations all the time. Um, we've got uh, <laughs> Kenneth in the comments is guessing it's German. Is that? It was German. Saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Latiner is actually as well, um, we believe. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. But welcome, my dear. It's so good to have you and see a face to the name. I've seen you in the comments every week. Why don't yep. you introduce yourself to the fine folks at home and uh, just tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and then don't get into all the details yet. We'll dive into that <laughs> in a second. Just, just give us the- No, I'm, I, I, I give a lot of details. Um, <laughs> my name is Serena Grundhauser. I live in Butte, Montana, uh, the richest hill on earth. If you look it up, they mined most of the copper when they were putting electricity in from it. Gotcha. Um, so I'm just outside of there. I started a welding and metal fabrication business after getting head injuries and everything where I was working at. All right. So let's let's dig in to, to what started all of this. Well, let's go back in time first. Like, let's go back to pre-head pre injuries. What were you doing in your life? What was your career back before this, this whole kind of new chapter started for you? Way back, I was a waitress and a bartender. Okay. Uh, stuff, and I changed and went into working in mental health with kids five to seventeen years old. Oh wow! And that's where the injuries came from. So what? Okay, so what made you go into that first of all? Um, and then we're gonna have to talk about how these injuries happened because I'm so curious. But uh, what made you go into mental health with kids? So my uh, my other half, his son, his oldest son, was working at this place and it seemed like it was a lot more fulfilling than dealing with a bunch of drunks every night fair honestly and <laughs> the last place i bartended at was a strip club and when you're hurting drunks it's like hurting cats then you put naked women onto it and it was just it was a mess <laughs> I, I was just i was over bartending <laughs> the <laughs> it really was here oh my goodness okay <laughs> yeah and i thought i could make a difference in some of these kids lives because yeah. a lot of them were ne neglected or abused, had some kind of trauma yeah. to them. So how long were you doing that for? Um, it was six months before my first head injury. Okay. So Not like almost immediately, though, I was coming home with bruises and stuff. Some of those kids oh, wow. were so just we're acting out. Because... Really serious mental health. Oh, yeah. Mental yeah. Like lot, lots of lots of horrible, horrible not even Dateline could cover some of the trauma some of these kids have been over. Oh, wow. And everything. And I've got, I still have like scars on my forearms from where I was bit and scratched. That's and intense. Stuff. And then, then I don't know if I can, oh, where's the camera at? There we go. <laughs> right in here. I can feel pressure right, right there, but I don't feel pain just because I was bit there so many times. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's in, and you didn't have background or, or training in, it was there was some training all, right? yeah when you got hired there was some training but it was mostly on the job wow. following senior staff that's a huge 
that's a huge leap to dive into that kind of environment without having a background in in child development and yeah. developmental disabilities and that had to be insanely intense for you it at times it got really intense but there was times when you'd see the kids make breakthroughs mm. and learn you know light bulb would go off for them and stuff and that made a lot of it worth it yeah so do i ask how how you wound up with head injuries from this are there like I think head injuries, I think like getting kicked by a horse or like falling off a building or football, like. <laughs> well, it was, it was kind of like that. So we had a girl that was acting out and she had those pointed fashion boots on and she was laying on the floor, put her arms up, like, you know, the pick me up type of thing. We figured she was done with her temper tantrum and everything. The staff, another staff and I reached down each for a hand and when I bent over, she kicked and she got me right in the top of the head here. Knocked me down. We're not entirely sure if I lost consciousness and how long it was, but that was my first trip to the hospital. And then two weeks after that, I was back on the floor dealing with the kids. Same same girl. We were in the same hallway and ended up getting my the top of my head bounced against the wall multiple times. Wow. That's stuff. And then the third one, because <laughs> there's more than oh, <laughs> stuff, was a year later. They, I, morning staff was late getting in, and I was watching the five to, I think they were five to eight, five to seven, something like that, the little kids. And they were fighting, and one went to punch another and caught me on the left side of the head. Aye. So My I have multiple is. close skull brain injuries, post-concussion yeah. syndrome, my eyes don't focus together all the time. Sometimes my brain ignores what comes in from my left eye for information. That's why I have to wear glasses and stuff. Wow. I've so had... I, I have to ask, like, through all of that, I mean, you still speak so, like, like um, positively about that experience and the rewardingness of it. Like, that... How, I don't even know the right words to say. My goodness. Um, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Well, it is. But these the kids didn't ask to be, you know, put in situations where they have this trauma and stuff. So you can't really blame the kids too much because they're, they don't know how to handle those emotions and the bad stuff that's happened to them. That's right. why they're there. They're trying to learn how to deal with it. Oh, wow. So did were you due to the injuries were you told like you can't do this anymore or was it a decision oh, yeah. that you made of i i can't do this anymore no the the doctor after the third injury said i couldn't even work the graveyard shift when they were asleep with the kids i had to find something in the building to do um so i did like the night paperwork and a data entry and stuff and while i was doing that i decided to go back to college okay. um in between my second and third uh, head injuries is when I decided to go back and I enrolled. And then it was, I was supposed to start at the end of August of 2017 because my first two injuries were in 2016. Okay. Beginning of August, um, you could call him my stepson. He passed away from an asthma attack oh, wow. at home at 25 years old. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, and right after school started is when they shaved my head and found a torn and tangled bundle of nerves in my scalp 
and tissue torn away from my left temple, which I got injections for stem cells. <laughs> With stem cells, actually. Wow. It has been to try and heal that trauma after another for you. I'm oh, so gets, sorry if you It gets lost. better. It gets better. Right, not better. Not better, but I guess <laughs> there was good and bad. Like, we've lost a lot of people between then and now. Um, my other half's uncle. Uh, a friend of ours was shot. Um, another was a paramedic that got killed at a, a demolition derby. A motorcycle wreck all of this balled up and kept going and kept going um we're raising uh the 14 year she's 14 now she'll be 15 soon uh granddaughter from the oldest boy uh stuff and she's dealing with again trauma and stuff from when she was younger and then march 25th of this year i was supposed to go to my friend's husband's funeral and we got the call that my stepdaughter was unresponsive at 25 years old and she passed she had passed away wow so yeah it's been my goodness this, this has been a very long <laughs> long battle how I mean, there's been there's been good things but it's yeah how do you keep going through all of this i like because i'm not i have i was by? never given a choice it was you got to keep going like you can, you can deal with your grief. You can be sad, but you can't wallow in it because you're not. You're just going to be spinning your tires. But you didn't just keep going, Serena. You, <laughs> you not only well, kept did. going through all of this. You were thriving through this. You chose to go to college, which you hadn't yeah. done yet. So now, as an adult in life, going back to college, yeah. which is a in my late thirties. Anybody that's a ballsy decision and that takes a lot of confidence and it takes a lot of like chutzpah to bring out my um so my other half likes to call it my craziness. Okay. So um all right, I, I have lots of questions, but I'm seeing somebody in the audience is telling me to ask about the good news and to ask about your brother. Is so this your brother is... by any chance? Uh yeah, that would be my brother. <laughs> Okay. So uh, Brett is the oldest of my brothers. He's the closest one in, to me and uh, siblings. Okay. So he was adopted out when I was about two, when he was a baby. Okay. So I, from the time I turned 18 until just a couple of years ago, I'd on and off searched for him, trying to figure out how I could find out about the adoption or anything like that. And I believe it was 2021 that um i found him but not in the way i thought i was going to find him so during quarantine in 2020 i took an ancestry dna test okay thinking okay maybe he's taking a test everybody's taking these tests and <laughs> uh, stuff got it back found a it would have been my second cousin it was my dad's cousin my biological dad's cousin okay. and he pointed me in the right direction and that's when i found uh two brothers a sister-in-law and a sister in Texas and a sister in Missouri. Oh my goodness. So your family no, totally just expanded and like. It expanded. And I expected them to be, you know, tell me to jump off a bridge and stuff. <laughs> Angel's my sister. <laughs> so I found, I found all of those guys, but I still hadn't found Brett and I was searching for him. Found out there's a registry, uh, 
for adoptions in Nevada sent in a letter. They sent me back a letter and they said, we, we can't tell you, but can you confirm this birth date? Because nobody's registered yet. And so I called up and the gal kept stressing the birth date. And I was like, okay. So I get off the phone with her because I was like, I can't confirm the birth date. I don't, I'm not sure. And everything. And it was later on that night that I was like, I've got access to public records. What do they do with birth certificates when a, a baby's adopted? And it's like, okay, they changed everything but the birth date. And we were, almost all of us were born in Reno at the hospital. So I started searching and there was like six names. And so then I went to social media and I waited a week and went back and forth of whether I should contact him. Cause that's a big bomb to do- drop in somebody's lap of, yeah. hi, I'm your sister. Do you know you're adopted? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. What do yeah. you think? You have had an, a, an incredible couple of years, like the worst of the worst, the best of the best, all sorts of um, ups and downs. What a roller coaster. And through all of this, you go to college, change careers, and start a business. Yep. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my craziness. (laughs) I absolutely love it. Um, There's so much that I want to dive into. I mean, we could probably talk for hours just about this whole, like, finding a whole extended family situation. Mm -hmm. That's that's And they all, like, get along with, with all of them, love them all to death. Oh got God, to visit them, meet them in person. Yeah. I I absolutely love it. Um, I like I, I we could seriously spend an hour on this, but that is not the topic of this show. So um <laughs> as much as I want to. On and the I next love, one. <laughs> I know I love seeing how many of them showed up in your comments, your 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 new yeah. extended family and support system. <laughs> and and at such an important and crucial time for you when you obviously like you needed it the most. Um, yeah. So I'm so grateful that that was a positive um, and that you found each other. That's just incredible. So while you're going through all of this, head injuries and death and sadness and grief and, and also the highs and the, the anxiety I'm sure is associated with like meeting family that you didn't know you had and, how are they going to receive you and all of the rest of this? What mm-hmm. on earth made you say, I'm going to go to college now? Like, where did that come from? And why <laughs> did you choose what you chose to study in school? I've always wanted to learn how to weld. Okay. And stuff. And when the doctor said, you can't do this anymore, I was like, well, looking around going, okay, what can I do? Okay. And I've got a friend of mine that, um, at one point was building custom motorcycles, custom cars and stuff. And I'm like, well, I already know the mechanics, but I don't know the welding. Okay. And I want to learn the welding. And how I did used, you know I the went, mechanics? Did you have a past in automotive or just from family? Just or? backyard mechanics. My okay. stepdad and my mom made sure us girls knew how to do basic stuff on vehicles, nice. swap motors, you know, basically basic my stuff, stepdad swap motors. Yeah, that's that's not basic. <laughs> uh, we've driven a lot of cop auction cars. Trust me, that's basic mechanics for them. <laughs> you get a two hundred dollar car, you're gonna he's gonna have problems. But oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> but we they taught us that they taught us plumbing. They taught us a little bit of electrical, and I picked up more of that that's stuff. Nice. But it was basically so we didn't have to be calling all the time. We could be self reliant. And my, you know, they didn't want us to have to rely on somebody else 
Yeah. Unless it, so you know, mom knew all that to. stuff too. Mom was mom knew mom knew a little bit. Yeah, she was okay. she was a mechanic. She could rebuild carburetors and and all that too. That's awesome. I yeah. love it. I mean, I as you know, as as open minded as I try to be, and as much as I rally for women in the industry, like I don't often hear people saying, "Yeah, I learned it from my mom." Like it's just, yeah. um, especially that you know the older generation, it was just far less um, accepted and, and yeah socially okay for women to be doing that sort of stuff so that's really cool that you learned from mom and and stepdad um okay so you had a little bit of the mechanical stuff you've always wanted to learn to weld you've got this traumatic head injury that's affecting your sight was that a concern for you with welding and with the light from welding and um we didn't find out how bad my eyes were until after i was already in my first year of machining or the metal fab because it was machining first that I took and then okay. um then they put in a second year of machining I said yeah I'll go ahead and take that and stuff and so that's how I ended up with a precision machining degree that's awesome. and then the welding went and the welding and the first year of machining went towards the metal fab so in three years I was able to get a double associates that's incredible and you graduated mm -hmm. with honors I did despite I did. everything Every, that was mm -hmm. it, it, I treated your... it with <laughs> I treated it like it was my last chance, honestly. Mm. You know, it was one of those of I'm not screwing around. I'm not a young kid. I'm not playing beer pong every weekend. <laughs> I'm <laughs> here to to learn what I need to learn to be able to thrive and bring in an income for myself. Because yeah. there's this, every day I have head pain and some days it's really bad. Like I wish for a migraine because it'd be a lot more pleasant type of thing. So running my own business as hard as it is being the chief everything officer uh, stuff if there's a day where i just can't do it then i know that i'm not you know leaving anybody else in the lurch i can just take my time and and go rest and lay down that makes sense i was going to i was going to ask if there was if it if you just didn't have an interest in going and working out at a at a shop somewhere or if it was out of necessity that that you Really it, was, it was a little schedule it was it was a lot for my own schedule and stuff but you have to figure butte's only about 30 to 30 30 000, maybe thirty five thousand people okay. so it's not a very big town yeah you know the closest like big cities would be 80 miles away okay. in in bozeman fair enough so there's there's, there's not a lot of lot lot of opportunities and stuff if i want to get hired on as a welder okay so but you were saying that you wanted to pursue this this schooling kind of as you're like to make money and to find a mm -hmm. job and to work and did you not know that there wasn't a lot of opportunity from a job perspective at the time when you signed up for the program? no I, I the the goal was to to be running my own business oh, okay stuff. that was the plan because i just i just yeah i just knew that there wasn't a whole lot of welding shops and and opportunity for it because you know they, they just don't have a lot of people <laughs> yeah so so now you graduated school how what year are we talking now this is not, 2020 not okay so you graduated right was it right before covid hit or right after oh no uh spring break is when we shut down because of uh quarantine okay that stuff we went on spring break and it was in the middle of spring break. They sent out the emails that we weren't coming back to campus. Okay. So you graduated so I I, after. 
COVID I graduated started. May of 20. Yeah, May of 2020. I didn't actually walk the stage until 21. Yeah. So. so you get out of school. You're all done. The world is on fire. <laughs> and yeah, pretty much it was a dumpster fire <laughs> it really was 2020 was a dumpster fire um and you're like all right i'm starting a business <laughs> yeah. how how did that go because that's starting a business is rough by itself starting a business in the middle of a pandemic having just graduated from school what was that like for you it, you know, there was ups and downs. It really was. And I've got a CNC table so I can do all the, the signs and the metal art and, and yes. stuff like that and go to shows. But there were no shows happening. Right. So it was a lot of word of mouth, friends, family, stuff like that, doing stuff here and there and just trying to get everything figured out. So do you have a specialty that you focus on in your business or do you do a little bit of all sorts of different types of stuff? Um, mostly MIG. I can do stick. I don't have the setup for, for TIG, okay. unfortunately, as stuff. And I didn't get a whole lot of uh, schooling on the TIG because we were supposed okay. to do it after spring break. <laughs> and we all know how that went. Of course. Yeah. Are you using the machining aspect of your degree at all? Or have you not been able to, to do much? Not that? as much as I would like to. I'm working out of a two-car garage. And I say two cars because I'm not sure you could fit two cars in this thing, even without my toolboxes right. and my motorcycle lift and <laughs> my work table and, you know, everything else that I've got in there. And I just, I honestly don't have room for a lathe or a vertical mill right now, which I would love to have. Yeah, me, ditto. I don't even know how to use it and I want one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so great. It's like a drill press on steroids. It's wonderful. <laughs> I just want all the tools. Let's be honest. I just want all of the tools. <laughs> yeah. And my other half's mom asked me last, I think it was last Christmas or maybe the one before what I wanted for Christmas. And I said, oh, you know, I think I'm about a 80 by 120 shop. That, that, that would be nice. <laughs> of course, I didn't get it. But, you know, right. a girl but, can dream. But we can, a girl can dream. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what kind of welding? So you're doing MIG, but what kind of stuff are you doing? Are you doing industrial stuff? I know you're doing some art stuff. Are you doing a blend of, of things or is it's, it mostly on the creative? Um, you know, it, it kind of balances and goes a little more to art sometimes, a little more towards industrial okay. and everything. I took one of my first projects out of my shop was taking a nine foot trailer and turning it into a 16 foot trailer with fenders and a drop gate. So, All right. <laughs> yeah. And so you just built it by word of mouth and... and Yeah, a lot of word of mouth, handing now. out cards. I'm part of a couple of uh, business groups here in Butte. Um, one is for business women. We meet once a month and we've got a Facebook group called the Queen Pins. Okay. And, everything. and it's women from all walks of life. I, we've got motivational speakers, dance instructors, yoga. There's a gal that owns, I, I think it's sustainable food containers for restaurants and stuff. I mean, okay. it just whoever shows up, you know, and then the other one is a, it's a, like a networking type of group where it referrals yeah. back and forth. That's fantastic. And I, it's, 
you know, and there were all levels of being in business from your baby entrepreneur, kind of like what I am, all the way up to ones that have been in business for 30, 40 years. Yeah. How have you been received as a welder? I know just from some of your comments in the post that you've sometimes struggled with with people accepting you as as a woman or maybe for other reasons. I'm not sure. But what um, what's your experience been with how you've been received? Sometimes it's it's wonderful. And the younger generation is a lot more accepting and stuff. And they I've got younger guys asking me questions for advice. Yeah. And then you get the older generation and some of them are great. And some of them are like, yeah, you know, girl power. Other ones, I've gotten so many comments being at uh, events, even from older ladies, that that's why I have the, the sweatshirt that I got for Mother's Day. It was part of the pictures I sent over that says silly boys, girls, well, too. <laughs> because I get the comments of, oh, your husband's a talented welder and, and stuff. I'm like, he doesn't even touch the welder. <laughs> like, he, he, I'm the welder. I'm, I'm not the welder's wife. The sticker's on my back of my truck. Please, come on. <laughs> so and how do you school, handle that when you get those comments i make a lot of jokes and stuff like that because i i don't feel the need to get confrontational with most of them and stuff because they're just they're doing what they they're been used to yeah and stuff you know and then sometimes i look at them and go what do you, we held down the home front during world war ii what do you think they were doing? They weren't knitting those airplanes. So, <laughs> Although that would be impressive. Um. <laughs> it would be. And lightweight and radar proof. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no kidding. I, but I think that's a really interesting point. And I think we've brought that up a couple of times in different episodes. Is like there's, the, there's a difference between the naive comments the like where they, they're just not used to seeing a woman doing this mm -hmm. versus the the really like the really sexist ones where they're like i don't think you should be doing this right and there's kind yeah. of a there's a difference there and like one they're both annoying <laughs> but, <laughs> but but one is a little easier to deal with than the other um because you know it's not intentionally being mean and not supportive. Yeah. They just don't know any better, right? Yeah. Is that so is that so, mostly what you've gotten or have you gotten Yeah. Better? Yeah, it's mostly that. I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of, of sexist comments. That's awesome. And everything. And then when I was in school, of course, like the the trades teachers and stuff, a lot of them were men. Yeah. And they were very accepting and wanted to know how to get more women in the trades. That's awesome. So you mentioned you were the first female in the program. Was it just with the double associates? Or with the double the associates, yeah. Okay. No, it was with the double associates. There was a girl ahead of me in the metal fabrication program. Okay. And they had put, uh, they decided they were going to put that second year of machining in, which was dealing more with the, the machines, the CNC machines and, and all that. And she decided that she was ready just to go into the marketplace and get a job. Okay. So I was I was the first to to actually get the the double associates for a girl. Gotcha. Very cool. Are you yep. still in touch with her? Um, no, I didn't talk to her much. The girl that was uh, behind me a year in the she was in the first year of machining when I was in second year, and then we took welding together and stuff. I still see her on Facebook 
and everything. And then one of the, I, I waitress at night at a restaurant to kind of pay the bills. I bootstrap. I don't want to get any business loans. And one of the girls there is now going through the metal fat program at the same college. Oh, another one of the waitresses. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah she's, I, yeah. Nice. I, I appreciate you acknowledging that too. Cause I feel like that's a topic that comes up often as well as this idea of starting a business and feeling like you have to be a hundred percent in it and that's it. And like, mm -hmm. I, I spoke with a young woman that I used to mentor and she had started her business and was um, waitressing in the evenings and she felt like a failure because she was still waitressing. And I'm like, honey, that is like totally, that's normal. <laughs> like yeah. when you first start a business, unless you have a massive loan or you're independently wealthy or, you know, you, you have a sugar daddy. I mean, you know, <laughs> or, I was going to go investors, but okay. <laughs> okay, okay whatever. <laughs> um, you know, and, unless you have set up where you're, where you're, you have financing for it. That's, that's what we do, right? We, we make it mm -hmm. happen and we work a gazillion jobs and we make it happen to do what we need to do to, to get the business off the ground. So, mm -hmm. um, I appreciate you acknowledging that. Yeah, no, I had a, I, I've set a couple of deadlines for quitting waitressing and it is not, I have blown past those deadlines uh, and I'm like, okay, well maybe it'll be in six months then. Yeah. Stuff. We'll see what's going on. So what's your next deadline? Next deadline is January 1st. January 1st. Okay. And, yeah. and is it realistic? Um, I Maybe. thought it was going to be, and then okay. there was a couple of hiccups in the road. So it's so one of those, you know, Murphy always moves happen. into your spare bedroom. Right. So what needs to happen to make it realistic? Um, <laughs> to make it realistic. And, and people are probably tired. My friends and family are probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but I got an invite last year and an invite this year to go down to Vegas during the rodeo finals to be a vendor at the Cowboy Christmas. Okay. But I don't have the extra cash for the booth at this point, nor the travel and hotel. So, yeah. Gotcha. So it's one of those I've got to I've got to stay kind of close to home and and get some more big projects in the works. Right. So. Okay. So um, you should tell the fine folks at home where they can find you if they have projects that they are in need <laughs> of, and and we got to start brainstorming like what you can do to like do a big push to, to make it happen. Right. I know. <laughs> what do you do for your, for your marketing and how do you, how do you get more business? I am the chief everything officer, like I said. So <laughs> I'm out, I'll pass out cards. Even when I'm waitressing, I have cards in my apron that nice. I'll talk, I'll be talking to people, tell them yeah, I'm a welder yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, I, like I said, I'm part of the, the Butte business network, which is a referral type network. Uh, and stuff. <laughs> I'm going into coaching mode. I can't help it. Um. That's okay. I will take any coaching. I, you know, there are times when I feel so lost and like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm like, why, why did I do that? Why, why? <laughs> I guess I want, I, I feel like you have this, this spirit though that is not common and i don't want to gloss over that and i i want to talk about that a little bit like you've been through so much mm -hmm. you've continued to take on 
more and bigger and better and challenges and you keep striving and nothing seems to be slowing you down or knocking the wind out of your sails. And I, I know a lot of people would have stopped and given up at, at far less. So yeah. I guess what, yeah, but I don't have quit in me. Where did that come from in you? Where did that come from? I would say probably when I was a kid, like little kid, I was raised by my great grandparents. Now they went through the depression and it was, you go to work, you do your best, you, you keep going, you don't put things off and stuff. So it was, it was beaten to you, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Without being actually beaten into me, but yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, my great grandfather led by example. Uh, he was still working when I was a kid. I can remember him working for the the road department there. Yeah. And it was you got up, you went to work unless you were on your deathbed. On your days off, you did home repairs. I mean, it was it was always go go go. There wasn't a whole lot of relax unless it was vacation time. And that's you now, right? A lot of times, but well, there are days where my head injuries and the head pain just knocks me down and stuff. And it makes me, I do, I get groggy. I get like mental fog stuff going on. It's post-concussion syndrome can mimic a lot of the same symptoms as ADHD. So sometimes it makes it hard. That makes sense. Interesting. So is there something that like that keep I mean, aside from just the like, there's no quit quitting isn't an option. Like I, I get that I, I relate to that, like quitting failure is not an option. Yeah. It's just not a choice. But you're not just grinding, you have a good spirit about it, you have good energy about it. Where how do you muster that? And what keeps like, what keeps you moving? Is there something that excites you inspires you is like getting you excited about keeping moving and moving forward consistently throughout all of it i don't know i just i want to be a good example for my like my step granddaughter my stepkids and stuff and i do brag that they got their work ethic from me <laughs> how many kids are you facing they- oh you froze oh no are you are you still there did i lose oh, you uh, I don't know. I you were frozen for a little bit there. We're back. Are we back? Are we back? Okay, back. I'm back. Okay, I don't know who okay. <laughs> if it was you or if it was me, but we're back. All right, sorry about that, guys. Um, um, your ki- how many kids are you raising in the house? Um, just the one, the, the okay. step granddaughter at this okay. point in time, and stuff is the only one that's that's not, you know, over the age of eighteen. Okay that's in the household so okay so a little little bit of relief there and you've got this newfound uh community of support are your is your newfound family are they local are they nearby no we are spread out my i've got a a brother in seattle a sister in pennsylvania my two brothers sister-in-law my sister and, you know, nieces and nephews, of course, are all in Texas. And then I've got a sister, brother-in-law, and niece in Missouri. Okay. So. So, yes, all spread out. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk about welding. So, you you went to school. 
thinking, mm-hmm. I know these things, I know mechanical stuff, I know some stuff, I want to learn welding. Was it everything you hoped and dreamed? Is it is it what you thought it would be? Do you love it? I love the welding and the, the creative part of it. I mean, I, I joke that I sew with fire. And I know a lot of welders do joke that. Yeah. Uh, but to be able to sit there and go, okay, I can take copper pipe, round steel, and some cutouts, and I can make a statue or sculpture, as you want to call it, of a fish jumping at a dragonfly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm even when I'm threatening to blow up the shop and everything else, cause nothing's working right for the day and stuff. I'd rather be out there than like anywhere else. I think. What about it? Do you love? It's calming. It really is. It's calming. And it's like, you can focus just I'll have my music going and I just I don't know I just like the everything else just kind of melts away yeah. not to make a pun or anything but it does it's just all the worries it's I the feeling I, yeah <laughs> no it's it's the same kind of feeling I got when I could ride motorcycles and stuff because with the whole vertigo balance eyesight stuff I'm still having uh-huh. trouble being on, on a motorcycle I had to reteach myself how to how to drive at highway speeds. Oh my goodness! That stuff, because everything was it just seemed like everything was going too fast when I was a passenger. So it was like we had to work on it, work on it. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So the so the someday art... I'll be back on the motorcycle. Yes, <laughs> yes. When it's safe. Um, mm-hmm. the, so the art's really like it's a release and it's a um, it's a sanctuary for you, isn't it? It is. It really is. Were you a creative art art type before getting into welding and this phase a of your life? A little bit, a little bit, but it was. I mean, I did art in you know high school and stuff like that, but not. There wasn't a whole lot of art that I really did. At one point, I was making jewelry, which some people consider art, yeah. just as a little hobby yeah, side definitely. thing. But you know that was really more expensive than it was worth. So I gave up that hobby long before I I discovered welding. There's a lot of hobbies that are more expensive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. There's a, there's a a meme that was going around that was like, why would I pay $20 to buy this blanket when I could spend $98 in supplies and make it myself? (laughs) Exactly. Yep. <laughs> but we love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you could wave a magic wand and and change anything about the current status of, of your business, of your situation, like what would your magic wand be that, that if we could wave a magic wand and make different in your business tomorrow, what would it be? A bigger shop and at least a couple women in the shop helping me. Oh, okay. So we've got plans and vision to grow this. Oh, yeah. Well, the the plan and the vision is to have a business that is woman-owned, woman-operated, and then on, like, weekends, evenings, actually teaching uh, classes for women to learn how to do welding. I've had so many women come up to me and be like, I would love to learn how to weld, but I never had the chance. I never had the opportunity. My dad welded yeah. all the time, but I never, he wouldn't let me. 
you know, and stuff like that. And I'm I'm not going in depth. I'm not getting them certifications, but they get the basics. Yeah. Kind of like the um down there in Arizona. The weld workshops. Uh, the weld like a girl. Oh, weld like a girl. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I actually got to talk to her on the phone a while back because one of her good friends is actually in my queen pins group here in Montana. Oh, okay. Very cool. <laughs> so, so for those who don't got... know, uh, weld like a girl, Shannon, Aaron Mar, um, she was one of our guests on the series way back when you can find her in the archives. It is up on YouTube. She's a, She's fantastic. Our interview got a little screwed up with reception issues, so we have to have her on again very soon because she's she's fantastic. But um, there's actually two welding uh, programs here in Arizona. Weld Like a Girl is down um, kind of South Arizona, and then um, Weld Her Workshops is in Phoenix, um, okay. the owners of which we also had on as guests in the past. You can check those out in the archives as well. Um, Lenny Rodriguez uh, and Rachel um oh dang Rachel Rose um, <laughs> <laughs> um but there's definitely a, an interest in it there's a need for it um have you started teaching classes in, in I, your hometown I, yet not yet uh stuff I'm not set up to be able to do it or anything that's the that's like the long-term goal and everything I'd like to have the shop bigger be able to ha afford to have you know two or three or four welding stations set up yeah that stuff so i'm so. going to tell you so again coach mode is coming on i can't help myself <laughs> um, that's okay i will take all the coaching and hey. advice i can get <laughs> i had a wise uh and and favorite mentor of mine once say that i would i would rather see an uneven trow than an unplowed field meaning i'd rather see you do it poorly or not to the best or not to the big grand vision, then do nothing at all. So even if it's starting tomorrow, teaching one-on-one -on -one classes with one person mm -hmm. in your little garage with a welder, there's no reason why you can't start now and have that be your seed money to get to that event that you want to go to. That's true. And then it grows, right? I think I'm gonna have to clean the garage now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 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 people don't care, right? Like they just want to learn. You you know how it is, especially as women. If mm -hmm. we've been told no, if we've been told that we're not allowed, if we've been kept away from opportunity, just the opportunity to have the MIG torch in your hand and and strike an arc and lay a well, like that by itself is so exciting and so huge that they don't care. They just want the opportunity. And, and if you're going to create the space and give that to them, that is such an amazing gift and a confidence builder and booster for them. And it's a means of building your business. Um, and the need is there. The desire is there. So I say, I say, go for it. Start, start tomorrow, right? <laughs> well, not tomorrow. I got to work tomorrow, but <laughs> okay, not tomorrow. But you get, you know what I tomorrow, mean. But I know, I know. <laughs> but if you've got people asking you, that's your ticket. Yeah. Right. That's your ticket. Oh yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and they and they'll grow. You don't have to have perfect classes with all of the things and all no. of the shields and all of the whatever. I think a lot of times in business we tend to get we get stuck on the big grand vision of what we want it to be. And 
and we don't necessarily remember that we just have to take that next step, that next step, that next step. And yeah. if, we, if we're so busy focusing at the top of the staircase, we never get there. <laughs> Right. We got to like <laughs> just focus on that step immediately yeah. in front of you. Right. By the steps. Oh, yeah. But I, I am like starting it. to, men I, I did start mentoring. So nice. So tell me in about kind, that. Of a, kind of a strange way. Okay. Going back to my queen fans group, there's a uh, one of the business ladies. Her daughter is actually incarcerated in federal prison, but they have a vocational program there and she's in the, nice. the welding program and her mom asked if I would be a pen pal with her and stuff. Um, so we've exchanged letters once so far in August. Okay. So I'm waiting for the next letter. Very but cool. Trying to give her a little bit of, okay, this is what you need to do. Cause she wants to have a, a welding shop when she gets out. Nice. So I mean, it's, a, awesome. it's a strange way to start mentoring women, but they need it just as much as anybody else. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I think we're starting to see some more of that, um, um, I know Tiffany Van Orf, she's uh, another um, big name in the welding world. She has actually started, I don't know if she started the program um, or if she's just heavily involved with it, with a women's prison doing kind of similar stuff, teaching welding. Mm -hmm. And um, it's great seeing more and more of that starting to show up, especially with non-traditional careers for women. Yeah. Um, because it is, it's such a phenomenal way to create a life and a future for yourself. Oh, it is. I mean, I see it every day in the welding women groups that I'm on, on Facebook and stuff. Hey, I'm a single mom and I just graduated. I can't wait to get my next job, you know, type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's giving, it's giving them hope they, that they don't have to work the minimum wage jobs. Yeah. What's your favorite project that you've done so far? Ooh, I would have to say it'd have to be one of the sculptures. Okay. that I did and uh, stuff. And I guess I would have to go with the first first one I did with the cattails and the dragonfly because I kept asking, okay, how do I get the copper pipe and the, the steel rod to look like a cattail? How do I weld them together? And everybody kept telling me, you can't weld them. You can't weld them together. You can't weld copper and steel. Hmm. Yeah, nobody mentioned that you could braise them together. <laughs> Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never tried. It occurs to me now. Um, I've never messed yeah, with copper at you, all. Yeah, if you well, it, it's one of those with oxyacetylene and and brazing it. Okay. And copper has a very low uh, melting point, so if you get it too hot, all of a sudden it's just not there. It's yeah. melted away. Uh, but you can go on my uh, business Facebook page, and there's there's a few different sculptures I've done with cattails in them. Awesome. That stuff. Very cool. Do you do commission stuff too, or do you mostly do like as when it comes to the I art do. side of things? You do both. Yeah, yeah, I do both. Um, I've done uh, commission pieces for signs, or uh, one of the sculptures I did actually, I donated to the Hearts to Handbags or Hearts Hearts for Handbags. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what it was called, but it's a fundraiser for the Safe Space Women's Shelter here in Butte. Okay. It's like for their annual big fundraiser. Nice. Uh, stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Any any fun projects in the works now? Um, a carpet rack, some brackets. A carpet I mean, rack? Yeah. What is a, a rack for? Rack? So it's going to be like a. It's going to be about two foot. 
tall, two foot wide, and seven foot long with wheels on it that you can put a rolled carpet on. Oh. One of the restoration carpet places oh, okay. and stuff. Uh, wants me to do that and some and some bracket type stuff. Okay. For another place. And then, of course, I've got Halloween and Christmas coming up. So Christmas ornaments, ah. uh, Christmas signs, I, yeah, all that kind of good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Um, we've got a question from the audience. Uh, Kenneth is asking um, if you have a strong chamber of commerce in your city and if you've joined. And I think that's that's where wow. your networking group is through. Is it through your chamber of commerce? It wow. isn't. It's uh, okay. it's. It's a standalone thing. Um, okay. Everything I've heard, like I haven't talked to them myself, but I've talked to quite a few different business owners that were not impressed with the Chamber of Commerce in the area. That's so, and you know, and they they weren't very responsive when the business network was trying to do uh, like a, a speed networking type of thing. I think it was. We were trying to do something, some kind of uh, joint event with them and it didn't work out so that's unfortunate but i'm glad you found yeah. something that that has been a good community and that's that's what we do yeah. right we just keep on we just keep on moving ahead and finding our group wherever we can find our support yeah. find our you gotta find your tribe yep absolutely absolutely all right so um as we round up our hour here we're getting close to to the end of our hour so i've got um i've got my my final question that i always love to ask is if, if yeah you've been thinking about this one you watch yeah. enough of these episodes to know um, yes i knew one question out of this whole thing so. <laughs> um, and this is the only question that that folks who are guests on this episode, on this show get to prepare for, because I ask it all the time. Um, everything else, I don't even know what I'm going to ask until we get in the moment, because it's real, it's live, it's real, right? So um, this is the one. If you had the opportunity to talk to the younger you, little baby Serena, uh, or maybe one of these young girls that you're going to be mentoring in the future, students that you're going to be teaching real soon, um, what are your words of advice to her? It would be to keep swimming, keep going, and trust the process. Because things may look really, really dark, but th there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Straight from somebody who has been through more than most will experience in a lifetime in just the last couple of years. Woman, I do not know how you do it. Um, I have, I have the utmost respect for the, the crazy path that you have been on and your perseverance and your drive and the fact that you still have a smile on your face. Um, <laughs> it is absolutely that in and of itself is so inspiring. And those of you who are listening to this and don't get to, to see her smile, tune in, watch the video because, because <laughs> to, to be somebody who has who has been hurt who has been beaten down by life in so many ways and and so many people would have given up a long long time ago um and you just kept plowing ahead and you're thriving and you're making it happen and you're not letting anything stop you and don't don't ever let that change don't lose sight of the big vision but remember to focus yes. on that first step in front of you okay lady all right 
I am so glad that you said yes to being on the show. You're fantastic. Um, keep coming back and watching the show and hanging out in the comments. Oh, yeah. I love seeing you popping up. And, um, you know, actually, we didn't even talk. You have cars, too. We didn't talk about this. Yeah, no. So you, you forgot about the VW I Bugs forgot, and, and the Ford She has trucks. VW Bugs, y'all. Um, we're like soul sisters in this sense. Um, so on top of all of this, She's also a bug girl and has a bunch of car projects and is is doing more with that. So um, there's yep. a lot more to learn about this woman. So go follow her. Find her on social media. If you are anywhere near her and you need metal work done, hit her up. Um, or if you know anybody in her area that would like to turn to learn how to weld, she's teaching classes. <laughs> okay, Bogey, you're hired as my social media like promoter now. <laughs> oh no, I'm no, I'm not good at social media. I'm just a good cheerleader. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'm excited to see the rest of your journey continue to unfold and see where you go with this next. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Um, it's. I hope you had as much fun meeting Serena as I did. Definitely go check her out, show her some love and support and follow along on her journey. And for now, I'm going to bid you guys a wonderful evening. Big thank you again to our sponsors who helped make this episode possible, both Drive Time and ASE, two powerful forces in the automotive industry, help making the future of the industry a little bit brighter, particularly when it comes to women. They both do a ton of work uh, behind the scenes to help promote and advocate for women in the trades, just like we're doing here. So as always, every Wednesday, you can catch a brand new episode live here on YouTube and on Facebook um, and archive episodes every Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime you'd like, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I am your host, Bogey, and I wish you guys a fantastic evening. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. And we'll see you next time.